0: a woo a hand clap, or a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law.
1: See terms and conditions 18 plus. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to Sports Nothing But Sports with Kent Sterling for Wednesday, April 1st, 2020. This is no April Fool's joke. This is about sports, nothing but sports, brought to you by the great people at today's dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill. Still seeing emergency patients? If you've got a dental emergency, feel free to call 317-849-2933. The Scheme debuted last night on HBO. The Scheme is the story of Christian Dawkins. Guy who became a runner for an agency, tried to start his own business in doing so developed a relationship with an, an investor who, as it turned out, was an FBI agent trying to build a case of bribery against College basketball coaches. So uh, this thing, you can imagine if you know anything about college basketball, you know how it works, that the NCAA tries to present itself as very pious, the schools as well. Nothing happens that is untoward here. It's all about amateurs playing for the love of the game, for a scholarship to get a quality education. We know that the reality is somewhat different, especially for kids who are likely to be NBA guys likely to be players in the NBA at some point, especially those who project as first-round draft picks. Those guys get paid. The shoes pay those guys. And they've got runners who hook guys up with guys and who's got the relationship with the families and the recruits. Well, that was Christian Dawkins in a lot of cases. And so this kind of this documentary shows the inner workings of, of how the FBI tried to build a case, in fact, create a case against college basketball coaches, and Dawkins, how he ran his business and how the FBI kind of became a part of it. The only class in this act, oddly, and I can't even believe I'm saying this because I didn't find him likable, I I found him greedy and arrogant and stupid, in fact, is Christian Dawkins when he refuses to roll over on guys with the FBI. He decided, no, I'm not talking, yet I'll go to court. You know what? Try me for wire fraud and all this other crap, and I'll take my chances. I'm not rolling over on all the people I've got information against. So much of the uh, evidence presented against Dawkins and others who were tried, like Merle Code and Tony Gatto. Uh, came in the form of wiretapped conversations, some of them with coaches. So there is a wiretapped conversation that we've all read the transcript of between Dawkins and Will Wade. There's another one between Dawkins and Sean Miller. Both are damning. Both are, uh, you know, they, they cast both these guys as at the very least, interested onlookers as corruption took place in college basketball, but more than anything else, as protagonists in college basketball's corruption. That's kind of interesting. But overall, this is the story of greedy fools doing greed fueled foolish things. That's what happens. And like I said, the only class in the actor, the only moment of grace I thought throughout the entire thing was when Dawkins refused to testify against others in order to save his own ass. And the only reason that that's good to me is I always like it when somebody tries to do the right thing, right? Although this was likely fueled by uh, greed as well, because Dawkins wants to get a job, After all this settles down, right? So he's got his own record label for Atlantic Records. Of course he does. Where else is the guy going to land, right? But in the music industry. Might be the only industry more corrupt than college athletics. So do I recommend it? I don't know if you're curious about college basketball, if you're completely ignorant about the inner workings of college basketball, I think you might find it interesting. But if you know about anything that goes on within college basketball, or if you have any foolish ideals that college basketball is on the up and up, Hey, you know what? I recommend you watch this because you will be disenfranchised from those thoughts virtually immediately as you get to know Christian Dawkins and a lot of the other people, uh, especially listening to guys like Will Wade and Sean Miller. And the funny part of the thing is when Sean Miller on a wired tap is recorded saying that Will Wade's got big balls, you know, (laughs) for doing it the way he's doing it, because Will Wade, according to reports, allegedly goes into his own pocket to pay players. He didn't need the shoes to do it. Will Wade's paying out of his own pocket. And and Sean Miller told Christian Dawkins, because of that, he thinks that Wade's got huge balls. So anyway, the scheme on a scale of, you know, one to five stars i give it about two and a half. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. I thought it was really well produced, actually, but the information within it, I already knew 98% of it, so it wasn't all that fascinating to me. It wasn't boring like I was told it might be, but it wasn't fascinating. Uh, Let's talk about what's happening inside media right now. This is important. And and it's important for people who are evaluating whether they're going to have jobs at the end of this coronavirus stuff. It's also important outside of media because businesses often operate in exactly the same way. And there's an old saying, right? Never waste a crisis. And in media and outside of media, people are not going to waste this crisis. What's going to happen is this, even for the best meaning of Uh, media companies and other companies, they're going to have an assignment for middle managers. I want you to to prepare two things. I want you to prepare a plan that is going to allow us to raise revenues by somewhere between, let's say, 20 and 40 percent. All right. That's a realistic amount for this exercise. And then I also want a plan to reduce expenses by 20 to 40 percent. So people are going to do this and they're going to sit at their laptops and they're going to put together these two plans. And then at the end of all this, when everybody is back together, they're going to submit their plans and they're going to talk. And so they're going to talk about the revenue uh, enhancement uh, plans And they're going to sit down and decide because just because the crisis is over doesn't mean that you shouldn't enact policies that are going to allow you to raise revenue. And then the other part of the meeting is going to be listing all the things that you can do to lower expenses. And among those ideas, there are going to be good ideas, practical business ideas, right? Where, oh, well, let's just do this. Like I know the coronavirus issue has passed. But why wouldn't we choose to save money when there's really no downside to making these changes? And so that's what's going to wind up happening. And so once the coronavirus thing ends, this is kind of like the coronavirus in that like there's going to be a secondary surge, right? Everybody talks about the secondary surge. We're going to have the primary surge where the rate of incidents and infections and fatalities goes up and up and up, and then there's going to be a flattening, and then it's going to diminish. The fatalities are going to continue because the fatalities They stretch longer than does the apex of the curve for infections, people who test positive. And then you're going to get a secondary surge down the road. This is going to be the same thing. In the meetings that are held subsequent to us returning to normal, all the ideas from these plans are going to go on a dry erase board someplace, and they're going to be evaluated by the people who run those businesses, and some of those measures are going to be enacted and that's going to cause that's going to cost people jobs because where are we now in media do you see any radio stations or tv stations who are investing in billboards not many right they've already cut their marketing like to the bare minimum so what is left to cut what's left to cut are people and salaries and they're going to figure out who's necessary and who's not during calm times The tree's not going to get shaken too hard so the loose nuts don't fall off, right? But when you got a crisis and the winds of change blow, they're going to blow loose nuts. And even the guys in and women in middle management are going to be able to assess pretty accurately what nuts they can lose without corrupting their ability to run their core business. And that's going to cost people jobs, and it's going to happen, especially in media, but in other businesses as well. Like I said, you never waste a crisis. All right, I want to get into the debate about Philip Rivers on a one-year deal, Tom Brady on a two-year deal. All right, which would you take? Philip Rivers, one-year, $25 million, which is what he's getting from the Colts, or Tom Brady, two-year deal, at the age, coming up, he's going to turn 43, right 2 years 50 million dollars. This past year, I'm not even going to wait for you to gather your thoughts and decide for yourselves. I'm going to present the arguments. Okay, this past year, Tom Brady's Patriots went 12 and 4. Philip Rivers' Chargers went 5 and 11. Tom Brady threw 9 interceptions. Philip Rivers threw 20 interceptions. If you go back and look at game logs for both Tom Brady and Philip Rivers, with Tom Brady you have to go back to 2006 in a game against the Colts to find a regular season contest where Brady threw more than two picks. With Phillip Rivers, you can find three of those games this past year. Phillip Rivers is going to throw it to the other guys enough to mitigate the value of his being able to throw the deep ball better than Jacoby Brissett. Tom Brady He made a lot of really good throws this past year. Would he have been interested, truly interested in coming to the Colts? I don't know. But if you're Chris Ballard and you would choose one year $25 million for Philip Rivers instead of two years $50 million for Tom Brady, you are out of your mind. And here's something that's a little bit subjective, a little bit of gray area, okay? Philip Rivers walks into a locker room and people look at him and go, hey, it's Philip Rivers. Tom Brady walks into a locker room. He's wearing 6 Super Bowl championship rings. He's gone to the Super Bowl 9 times. Everybody knows who the hell he is and everybody knows what he's in that room to get done. And that is to win more Super Bowls. There is a fundamental difference in attitude between Rivers and Brady and that behavior that they each of these guys inspire that is critical to what you're buying for your money the Colts did they make the right decision we're not even sure that they had a decision to make the real decision was Rivers versus Brissett. all right is Rivers an upgrade I don't know I, to be honest I don't know whether he's an upgrade or not Brissett was five and two when he was healthy on his way to being six and two because with Brissett healthy they're going to beat Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh didn't come to pass he got hurt he never looked right again whether that was because of the injury or because of psychology or whatever the hell I don't know but Philip Rivers is going to come to Indy and either that's going to be a success or a failure yesterday on the phone Frank Reich said that he is a huge proponent of signing Philip Rivers, and loves what he brings to the organization, which of course that's what he's going to say, even if he and Chris Ballard went toe-to-toe in the office, and Frank Reich was saying, you're out of your mind. I, I was the offensive coordinator for two years with Philip Rivers, for God's sake. I know exactly who that guy is, and you don't want him here, even if that had happened. Frank Reich is going to say exactly what he said yesterday during that teleconference with Indianapolis Media. That is Frank Reich. He doesn't throw anybody under the bus. Even when Jacoby Brissett was a backup to Andrew Luck, he was saying Jacoby Brissett's a top 20 quarterback in the NFL. Of course, that was nonsensical. Of course, that was ridiculous, preposterous, but he is never going to get in front of a microphone and talk crap about his players ever, 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 ever. All right. Did the Colts, did they make a good deal trading the 13th overall pick for DeForest Buckner? That's a pretty good question, and here is a way to look at it that I hadn't really considered. Okay, you need a defensive tackle. You need the three technique guy, like DeForest Buckner, and he's one of the best in the NFL at his position. All right, wide receivers though they can change your team, providing Philip Rivers or Jacoby Brissett or whomever another weapon, another high-quality, perhaps generational weapon that you could have grabbed with that 13th overall pick with a rookie-scale price tag instead of paying $21 million a year for DeForest Buckner. That's the value of the extension that the Colts signed with DeForest Buckner. So you're paying a first-round pick rookie scale for his first four years right or, DeForest Buckner, you're paying $21 million a year for the next four years. What is the better deal? If you were getting DeForest Buckner at his rookie price, I'd say you made a hell of a deal. But if you look at value, positional value, cornerbacks, wide receivers, they are significantly more important to a football team's chances at success and bulking up in wins than do defensive tackles. And that's just the way it is. That's according to Pro Football Focus. It's an interesting way to look at it. I like the deal because you know what you're getting. And you don't always know with the 13th overall pick. It's a bit of a crapshoot. Maybe you get a guy like Aaron Donald, who is a 13th overall pick. But you look at other 13th overall picks, and in some cases, swings and misses. And if you think that all those wide receivers, whether it's Judy, Lamb, Ruggs, whomever, those top three guys, I guarantee you one of them craps out. And one of them's going to be great, and the other one's going to be okay. Are you going to be able to get the great one, or are you going to be able to get the one who craps out? Remember Philip Dorsett, Colts took him at 28, right? Instead of Landon Collins, we all remember that. Really, really fast guy, but he crapped out. You wound up trading him for Jacoby Brissett, which wasn't a bad deal, ultimately. But Philip Dorsett, even with New England, he didn't do enough to compel Bill Belichick to keep him, and so he signed a deal to go out to Seattle. His third team, and he was just drafted what in 2015, right? So as you look at at the draft, you know that it's a roll of the dice with DeForest Buckner. You know what you're getting. He does not miss playing time. And what the Colts have done this off season with free agents and with that trade is get a bunch of guys who project to be very, very healthy moving forward because you can't make the club from the tub and you can't bring wins to your franchise from the injured list. This has been Sports, Nothing But Sports with Kent Sterling. I've enjoyed our conversation. Stay well, keep your hands clean, social distancing, all that stuff. Please, let's get through this as quickly as we can so we have something more to talk about other than the future or the distant past. Thank you very much.